What will it take to communicate to world leaders the people's opposition to war and nuclear conflict? Will it take a mass rally, a nationwide mobilization? How about a world march for peace? Indeed, such a world march for peace is underway, having begun on October 2nd, 2009, which is the International Day of Nonviolence. It began in New Zealand and culminating January 2nd, 2010 in Argentina. The World March for Peace and Nonviolence is an unprecedented social mobilization which aims to create consciousness of the dangerous global situation in which we are living. I don't think I need to tell listeners it's a situation marked by the heightened probability of nuclear conflict, renewed arms race, and of course the violent military occupation of foreign territories. But the march is more than just a march. It's the convergence of thousands of initiatives in more than 100 countries across the planet, and it includes marches, festivals, forums, concerts, cultural, sports, political events, exhibits, acts of civil disobedience, all designed to raise awareness of the urgent need for peace and disarmament. Well, the World March is coming to the United States. It's arriving in the United States on Monday after being in 35 countries and on four continents and uh, 60 days of marching. And it comes to Southern California in, uh, I believe, December 2nd. Well, here to talk about the World March is Myra Gomez. She's Senior Program Officer for Parliamentarians for Nuclear Nonproliferation and Disarmament. She's uh, a member of the board of Abolition 2000, a member of the international organizing team of the World March for Peace and Nonviolence. She's advocated the adoption and promotion of the draft declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples and denounced the ill effects of uranium mining. Born in La Paz, Bolivia, she presently resides uh, in New Zealand. She holds a master's in international relations and Pacific affairs from the University of California, San Diego, and she studied human rights and Latin American studies at the University of Sorbonne in France. And she joins us this morning on KUCI. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for having me on this fine day. My wish to every listener out there is that gratitude remains in our heart every day of our lives, along with courage. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That's quite uh, quite uh, a resume you've got. So why don't we uh, begin, uh, tell our listeners the, the idea of a world march. I mean, I, I remember in, in the 80s there was an idea of, you know, hands across America, and uh, this is certainly taking it to the uh, to the next level with uh, a world march. Of course, hands across America, I believe, was for hunger. This is for uh, peace and nuclear nonproliferation. How did the idea of such uh, such a large endeavor come about? Well. Actually, we, we came on to it um, at um, an abolition conference, an abolition of nuclear weapons conference. Um, uh, the, in, in, the coordinator for New Zealand, which is how I came on to the international organization team, was at a conference in Europe, and he met uh, Rafael de la Ruvia, who is the head of World Without Wars. And they discussed the idea, and uh, and quickly Alan Ware, who's this year's um, uh, Right Livelihood Award recipient for his, he's dedicated his entire life to the end of nuclear arms, they got very excited about the idea of, wow, it, can it be done? Can we go around the world? 
Um, and can we, you know, how would we go about it? And that would really, and then the idea would be that, okay, that would be a statement to the world that, you know, we can cross, crisscross six continents, 95 countries in this short time, but do it in a way that it involves all grassroots organizations through its passage. So we brought in Abolition 2000, brought in Mayors for Peace, and many, many other organizations. And right now there are over 2,000, uh, close to 3,000 organizations making this possible throughout the world. In some cities where the march arrives, the world without wars exists. Mainly in Europe it, 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 it does exist. They have, But in other places like Los Angeles um, or like New Zealand, um, it's non-existent. So it takes everybody else. Here in Los Angeles, We've sponsored with uh, the Office of the Americas. They've become our partner in putting this together, and it has been a wonderful experience. And so, it you know, it, it's actually, when one thinks about it, it's such a great message or, or great event because it really does illustrate to world leaders that uh, there are people in every city and every town and uh, on every continent that uh, are really concerned about uh, world peace and non-proliferation. Uh, can you talk about this symbolism of uh, uh, of incorporating not just a, a, a local mobilization, but kind of a, a global event? Well, I think it's, it, it needed to be global because the danger is global. And the danger of, uh, of, of nuclear weapons, I mean, it begins from the moment of extraction uranium to create um, the 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 power to to make the weapon, but you know the weapon whether you know it takes from the military budget from I mean the military budgets take from um, money that could go elsewhere to health to education to to basic needs to to take care of our elder to take care of our children, um, and that's that's across the board that's worldwide. Now, should there ever be um, use of nuclear weapons, whether that be, you know, by somebody's malice and a forethought or by just accident, it would affect all of us in the world. Um, you know, the wind carries the radiation. The waters carry the, the radiation. I think we are now at a point, um, and my elders call this time Pachakuti, the time that returns, where we've, we've become very conscious that we are all one, that we are united in this planet, and that what happens to one affects everybody else. Therefore, I think it is right that people are, um, and, and I'm excited by seeing people with no budget, absolutely no budget. Everybody, you know, fundraising on their own. You know, if they want to do a forum, they put together their own money, their own people, call people, you know, get musicians, get a festival going, get, get you know, some people have just done like a, a soccer match in some city and in parts of Africa. That's that's what's happened, you know, to get, get everybody, um, you know, they do sort of this World Cup for against uh, nuclear weapons, uh, why not? You know, the human mind, we're so diverse, yet so united, so one, that it takes everybody. I want to remind listeners, they're in tune to KUCI in Irvine. This is Justice or Just Us. We're taking a look at the World March for Peace. We're speaking with Myra. Am I pronouncing your first name correctly? Is it Myra? Myra, yes. That's Myra correct. Gomez. Thank you. And, uh, you know, one of the things that... Uh, is is unfortunate about all the things going on in the world today is that it seems like with uh, concern uh, over terrorism and global warming and uh, certainly the economy that uh, issues of nuclear war uh, and the like have kind of been pushed on the back burner even despite you know a lot of talk about 
whether Iran is uh, gaining uh, nuclear uh, capabilities. And yet, we just had the Prime Minister of India uh, at the White House, and many people, you know, are unaware of the the nuclear agreement between the United States and India and the like. Can you just give our listeners, uh, if you can, and I know I'm, I'm catching you off guard, but talk about the status of, uh, you know, nuclear disarmament. What what exactly is the status? Is, is there really a move toward uh, disarmament and nonproliferation, or are things just on hold from previous administrations? Well, that is the big question um, that we're facing because we do have a new administration in the United States. The Obama administration has publicly made a speech in Prague and in the Czech Republic saying that they are going to work toward the abolition of nuclear weapons um, and, um, and, and got very specific, Obama did, even though he did sort of have a... <clears throat> a um, caveat, not in my lifetime. I believe that it can happen in my lifetime, in Obama's lifetime, in our lifetime. Uh, We are facing next year in May another review of the Nuclear Proliferation Treaty, and this is going to be an important one. Um, um, And so I think that there is a momentum um, worldwide. Also, it's very important to note that um, Costa Rica and Malaysia tabled uh, nuclear... uh, um, a nuclear weapons treaty, a model treaty, to make this effective. And um, what was important about that is that President uh, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon of, um, of the United Nations has taken it up and included in his five-point plan for nuclear disarmament. And he's saying we need to come up, you know, we need to get together and draft a new um, convention on the abolition of nuclear weapons. And there are many, many states supportive of this now. So there is, there is a, a sort of a window that is opening that may be a change. So tell our listeners then about some of the early events that have, um, that have peppered the, uh, the World March. Uh, it started, I believe, in New Zealand, and then where did it go from there, and what have been some of the, uh, the hallmarks or the, the key features of the World March thus far? Um, well, it's an unprecedented event, <laughs> uh, and, and it's really the, the, the first time in history that anything like of this magnitude is being set in motion um, worldwide. So we began um, with preparations, planning process. Last December um, was when we pretty much decided, yeah, this can happen. We had a blessing done by the elders of Tiawanaku in, in Bolivia so that the planning would go well. And it was during the, the summer solstice in the southern hemisphere, the winter solstice here, the 21st of December. And then all of a sudden it took a turnaround, and we started um, getting a lot of endorsements from heads of states. We're up to 11 heads of states. Uh, many Nobel Peace Prize and many notable people from sports, from um, um, you know the movie industry, the music industry, etc. And so, by the time that we we were ready to set it all in motion in September last uh, this year in New Zealand, the indigenous people decided to do the indigenous people of New Zealand, the Moriori, decided to do a blessing in Reukohu. That's the 
island that is east of um, New Zealand. It's the island that first sees the, the, the light of day. And they had a blessing, and they talked about the importance of creating and sharing nonviolence and peace because they themselves have an over 500-year tradition of peace, of nonviolence. When the English colonialists went to attack them in that island, they had heard of all the wars in the other islands, and they sent the women, the children, as an act of nonviolence. And, um, you know, there's correspondence from Gandhi that Gandhi was inspired by um, actions done in New Zealand uh, in Aotearoa. There's correspondence with Te Fiti that's one of the leaders of Parihaka in New Zealand. So everybody in New Zealand got very excited, and there was this major um, indigenous blessing. And so by the and, and also in Auckland, um, and they, they started a march. They started a march from, from farther up and walked. Um, you know, down to to Wellington, and on October the second, the march was officially launched in Wellington with a peace walk throughout many peace um, emblems um, in in the city of Wellington, and the people got involved. And so, is it fair to say that it's more of a? I mean, obviously, there it's not the same people who start out in New Zealand who are going to end up in in Argentina, um, or am I incorrect? Are there some who are doing? the whole thing, or is it more of, of a relay where, you know... You're correct on both terms, because there are some that started in New Zealand and are doing the entire march, including a New Zealand uh, uh, lady, Juanita McKenzie, who just got excited by the idea and, and is doing the entire march. But Rafael de la Rubia is doing the entire march, and there are several other people who are doing the entire march. There are also people... For example, we have a case of somebody here from California that got very excited at one of the presentations, and she lives in, in, in Pacific Palisades, and she said, I want to go to New Zealand and be at the start. So she was at the start in New Zealand, but now she's back here, and she may join it here in Los Angeles, and she may also fly to South America and then join the last bit of it. There are people in Europe that sort of flew to India or to Asia and joined a bit in Asia and then went back to Europe and then joined the European bit. So there's, there's, there's congruence in, in all forms. There's people who are doing the entire march. There are people who are doing it bits and pieces um, in different parts of the world. And, um, and there are those that are relaying to their friends. You know, I'm walking to the border of France, and my friend in Spain takes it over, and then we go back to Morocco, and somebody else in Morocco takes over. So it's a combination of all of the above, really. Hmm. We're speaking with Myra Gomez, talking about the World March for Peace and Nonviolence. Uh, what kind of press has the World March received, uh, either here in the United States? Well, it hasn't arrived in the United States yet. It arrives on Monday. So what kind of yes. press has it received uh, internationally? Internationally, it's very varied uh, according to, to where it's at. For example, the launching of, uh, of the march in New Zealand received quite a bit of press. We were on all the major... TV networks in uh, in New Zealand. We were on the newspaper. Um, um, there's an actress, uh, um, Lucy Lawless, from New Zealand, who is um, famous for having done Xena the Warrior. Yes. Um, she was part of the launch in Auckland, so the press was, you know, the, the, there were photos of her in all of the major newspapers. Um, and then there are places like when we were received in Berlin at the summit of Nobel laureates, there was world press everywhere um, about it, and then there was quite a lot 
you know, all over. And, and like I said, it varies. When we were in Japan, there was a lot of press. I think in India there was a lot of press. Um, but there have been places like a little village in the south of, um, of France where it was just some ladies that heard about it and did an action, and, and it wasn't very big. It was more meaningful. And I think that's, that's the, the value of the World March. It's that it's a call to all people to unite the their their wishes, their efforts, their creativity, but mostly people who take responsibility for changing the world, not just sort of, you know, complain about what's wrong with it, but do something to overcome their own personal violence and also to work in their immediate environment and see what, you know, as far as their influence can reach. And some have a large reach of influence and some others have a small reach of influence but at the end of the day it is all good because the day that we start changing our own personality our, and overcome our own violence is the day that we can really begin of talking about peace and non-violence worldwide. Well, if people want to get involved, uh, certainly the World March for Peace and Nonviolence is coming not only to the United States, but in particular to Southern California. So uh, tell our listeners a bit about some of the local events in Southern California and uh, how they could get involved. The international marchers will arrive on December 1st from New York. They will fly in from Senegal to New York uh, on Monday, and Tuesday evening they fly here to Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles we begin at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, December the 2nd, um, with a World March press conference at City Hall. Um, it has now been confirmed that there will be, that this will take place at the press conference of um, the, the council chambers. And uh, the city of Los Angeles will um, um, give a proclamation to the World March um, uh, from the city council saying that December the 2nd is going to be the day of nonviolence for Los Angeles. Um, then around noon, we go over to, um, it's a five-minute drive from City Hall to um, the farm lab. There's there's a field, of, a big field across the farm lab, um, which is in North Spring in Los Angeles. And there we receive a greeting by the Tongva Nation. The Tongva Nation are the indigenous people of this region, um, uh, meaning Los Angeles, um, Long Beach, and, and other parts. And a lot of their friends will also be there. And there we'll have the greeting from them. Um, and this is our way of expressing nonviolence as well, because a lot of, you know, the violence perpetrated in the beginning of globalization has been with indigenous peoples. And I myself being an indigenous peoples, when we walk into somebody's home, we greet the people of the land. And the World March is doing this across the world since it began in New Zealand. Um, so there we will share a potluck lunch. Um, and then in the afternoon, um, we have sort of so a, a bit of time off and, and maybe doing press interviews and so on. But at... Uh, Around 5.45 p.m., we get together on Wilshire Boulevard in Alvarado. Wilshire and Alvarado, the corner of MacArthur Park. I think for some people it's the northwest corner of MacArthur Park. And then we get organized in at 6, a. 6 p.m. I'm sorry, at 6 p.m., we start walking um, toward, um, toward the west side of, of 
Wilshire, on Wilshire Boulevard, until we arrive to Berendo. And that's for about a 30-minute walk, one mile. And on Berendo Street is the, um, the location of Emmanuel Presbyterian Church. We will enter Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, the large church. It's about, it seats about 1,200 people. Um, and we will have a celebrate, a peace concert there. And um, we'll be accompanied by, by you know, both um, just Angelinos, everyday Angelinos, and some notable Angelinos, such as uh, Dolores Huerta, Dolores Huerta's granddaughter. Um, so we have several generations, um, ex- you know, in, in, of, of people. We're going to also um, have the company of Anthony Chavez, who is Cesar Chavez's grandson. And, you know, these are people, these are the founders of United Farm Workers Union, who really set out the tone of nonviolence in California. Um, and there are many other people who will accompany us uh, from um, the, the peace movement, the anti-war movement, people who work in social justice issues here in L.A., such as Code Pink, Answer L.A., Veterans for Peace, Iraq Veterans for Peace, um, certainly the Office of the Americas, and others. It's, it's really a, uh, an amazing uh, endeavor, and I want to let listeners know that uh, they could log on to worldmarchusa.net. One of, uh, one of my favorite uh, resources on the website is uh, a page for teachers and educators that gives uh, possible lesson plans or, or classroom activities. There's a World March activity book. Uh, there's a map that, uh, you know, you could post a, a world map in the classroom and have students learn about geography by charting uh, the daily journey of the international team, uh, a timeline of nonviolence, so many different things. And I think one of the things that's so great about this march is that uh, it really is uh, nonpartisan. It's something you don't have to be a Democrat, you don't have to be a Republican or a Green or a Libertarian or a Socialist or whatever. It's, uh, you know, the, the issue of peace transcends party politics and transcends uh, uh, borders. And I think that that's really um, one of the strengths of the message of the World March. I think that, that that's what, it, it, it resonates with the idea that nonviolence is the only solution. And ego and control and territory, they're really forms of violence we do to ourselves. So now it's more urgent than ever to create a consciousness for peace. So everybody must be at the table in their own way, in whatever way they can bring. If somebody's not doing it right, we help that person do it right. If somebody's doing a great job at it, we support that person doing a great job at it. Um, but in, in this way, then we can reject all the other forms of violence, such as physical violence, economic, racial, psychological, structure, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So really we're promoting a new sensibility that is based on an understanding of nonviolence as something that begins within yourself, within each one of us, but becomes a powerful means of change. It's a weapon of mass change um, as an attitude in front of life. Again, the website is worldmarchusa.net. You can log on and find out about uh, all the events taking place in, uh, in Southern California for people who are listening through the radio. You can also find out about events uh, by state, by date, and uh, if you're listening online or on the podcast. And uh, get involved. It's, uh, it's really a great, uh, great 
series of events. And uh, Myra Gomez, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning on Thanksgiving. And uh, I really appreciate you getting up early on this holiday. Thank you very much. And let's give thanks every day of our lives for every blessing we receive, every single second of our existence. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Take care.